This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. Well, it's Christmas Eve, and here we are in church at worship in the deep of night when all around in the world outside, a reprieve, a deep breath, and the accompanying hush descending on the world that holds all things in stillness for a precious brief time. And here in this sacred room, under lights maybe less brightly lit than they are in the morning and soon to be only by the glow of candlelight will we worship, it does indeed seem a fitting setting to ponder, making best use of this precious pause in our lives, to ponder mysteries sacred and profound, to contemplate the beauty of God and the joy of our salvation. Merry Christmas. It's good to be with you tonight. In fact, there's nowhere else that I would rather be than right here with all of you, together with our God, in this place, at this time. And I will take this time just to say, for those of you who call resurrection your home, your church home, and your, your res family, um, I love you. And it is a great joy, and I'm grateful to be able to serve you as one of your priests. And if you don't call res your church home, you don't normally attend here, maybe someone in your extended family does, or a friend or a neighbor, or maybe you're a visitor from the community, uh, you're most welcome. We're so glad that you're with us this night. I'm glad you're here. Let us pray. Holy God, we are hungry for you. Pour out upon us now your Holy Spirit and help us to do what we can't do on our own, to worship you, to understand how great and wonderful, how good is your love, how near you are. Help us this night, in this moment, for this brief pause to worthily contemplate the wonder of the incarnation. Come, Holy Spirit, we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. God became one of us. The creator of heaven and earth became a part of his creation. Heaven came down to earth, and God became one of us so that earth could be raised to heaven and we could be united to God forever. God became one of us to come and find us in the dark, lost and dying. He came to us to shine his light on our captivity, to rescue us and to give us life in exchange for our death. And he himself is our light. And he himself is our salvation. A moment ago, we heard the prophet exclaim in Isaiah 62, Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth Say to daughter Zion, behold, your salvation comes. And in Titus chapter 3, which is the appointed New Testament reading for Christmas Eve, the Apostle Paul says 
At one time, we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to our sinful desires and to pleasure, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God appeared, He saved us. God appeared. He saved us. Say to the daughter Zion, behold, your salvation is here. The good news from God to the world announced by the angel choirs on the night of Jesus' birth, the good news of Christmas is this. Even though we had abandoned God, He did not abandon us. He came for us. He saved us. He rescued us. God became man to bring man back to God. So tonight is one of those times of the year that we, we pause and we contemplate the great mystery of our salvation, the most basic truths that we hold dear. The Bible often speaks of salvation as light coming into the darkness. So Paul, again, this time in his letter to the Colossians, he says, may you be strengthened with joy as you give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins, an inheritance with the saints in light, transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Or Peter, in his letter to the church, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light or at the beginning of, God, of John's gospel that we'll hear read tomorrow on Christmas Day, he begins the gospel by proclaiming, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One of the most important, well-known, and well-beloved prophecies about the coming of Jesus, and, and even of his birth, came more than 600 years before Jesus was born from the mouth of the Hebrew prophet Isaiah. So I'll read a little bit from Isaiah chapter 9. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. And when they're hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and against their God, and they will turn their faces upward in anger. Then they will look upon the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. For the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shown. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, 
And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. In that passage, you heard Isaiah the prophet say, for unto us a child is born, and the angel, in the story from Luke tonight, says the same thing to the shepherds, for unto you is born this day a Savior. Also, Isaiah described those who were walking in a deep darkness and then seeing a great light, and the shepherds who were watching over their flocks, cloaked in the natural darkness of night, were suddenly enveloped in the supernatural light of the glory of heaven. The light had broken into the darkness, and the darkness would not be able to overcome it. Uh, this year, my coworkers and family members have teased me incessantly because I've been in the habit of repeatedly remarking or suggesting that perhaps this year as compared to last year or other years, the sun is setting at earlier times than it had before. I've been known to make comments such as, is it just me or is it getting darker earlier this year than it did last year? They all assure me that this is an astronomical impossibility, okay? A, a cosmic can't do that. And intellectually, I understand that, but in my heart, I, I feel certain that I am right. <laughs> it is at the darkest time of year that we celebrate the birth of the Messiah. Now, spoiler alert, we don't actually know when Jesus was born. We don't know what time of year. We know for certain when he died. The scriptures are clear. We have multiple historical witnesses. We know Jesus died at Passover in the springtime. Now, there's even some tradition going back, not all the way to the New Testament, but going back probably to maybe the third or fourth century that says, yes, we, we even think that the day Jesus died in our calendar is March 25th. We have that tradition. But there is no uh, there's no historical tradition that goes back to the New Testament. There is no reason for us to believe that Jesus was born in the winter. We don't know what time of year he was born. So why did the church, why did Christians start celebrating December 25th as the birth of Jesus? Well, one theory, one theory is that there was this pagan holiday, the Roman holiday, Natalis Invictus Solis, birthday of the unconquered sun, that immediately after the winter solstice, the Romans were celebrating, now the days are getting brighter. They're getting longer. Slowly but surely, light is returning to the world. Now, the early Christians who were unabashed about redeeming pagan things and infusing them with the truth of Jesus, I mean, Christmas trees, come on. Like, <laughs> how did we look at that and say, Definitely, that belongs as a Christmas tradition. But the early Christians, unashamed about taking whatever could possibly be used as a Christian symbol and saying, yes, 
we see the truth of Jesus in this. They looked at this holiday of the victory of the unconquered son. They said, oh, that fits pretty nicely. Birthday of the unconquered son? Let's celebrate the birth of the unconquered son of God. And so for many hundreds of years, it is at this darkest time of year that hope dawns anew. I don't know about you, but even though Christmas tide in early January is still dark and the days are still short, still I experience this deep existential sigh of relief once we pass the winter solstice, just knowing that though it is barely perceptible, light is coming back to the earth. The days are getting longer. That gives me hope. And it reminds us that though the darkness of wrongdoing in the world, and also in me, is still a massive reality, yet even so, the darkness has lost. And it is only a matter of time until Christ returns and brings with him the full light of everlasting day, putting an end to the darkness of evil and wrongdoing forever. At the end of the song of Zechariah, Zechariah, who was the father of John the Baptist, and at John's birth, his father bursts into song. At the end of it, he says these words, these words of hope, these words of anticipation, these words of an undying and unconquered light that is coming. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Sometimes we fear the light of God because if we're honest, there are things in our life that we know we would have to change or let go of or give up if once we brought them into God's light. We know deep down they are unacceptable to Him. And part of us wants to bring it all before God and no longer hide those things. But another part of us wants to keep those things hidden in the darkness because we're attached to them. We don't want them, but we also do want them. My encouragement to you tonight Stop teetering back and forth. Delay no more and make the choice tonight. Make it now to fully belong to God. Do not be afraid of what will happen when you bring everything into the light. God is good. He is merciful. He will know how to deal kindly with you, to help you let go, and to help you Follow him with a whole heart. Choose to be fully his and give him permission to have all of you. Invite his light to come into every part of your life, even and especially the dark places that you're tempted to keep hidden from him and from others. Let his light in. Let him shine upon you and do not be afraid. 
So sometimes we fear the light of God. Other times, we doubt the light of God. Can it change me? Can it change the situation around me? Can it reach every part of me? Can it light up my path, this path that I'm on, this darkness that envelops me now? Can God's light really help me find my way through this present crisis or difficulty or trial? And I'm here today to tell you, yes, the light of God can. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Indeed, Jesus has already overcome every darkness. And there exists no greater darkness than the darkness that Jesus has already conquered. In his death on the cross, Jesus defeated the power of sin that held sway over all mankind. In his rising again, Jesus defeated the power of death which no one else but him could defeat. And no greater darkness could there be than the darkness he has already conquered. How much more can he conquer the darkness surrounding you now, whatever it may be? How much more can he conquer every last shadow of darkness within you? His light is healing. His light is power. His light is love. His light brings purpose and a new day. And what he did before for the whole world, he can do now, today, for you. So turn to him this Christmas Eve. Invite him into your darkness. Whatever is dark before your eyes, whatever makes your path difficult to see, Invite Jesus there, precisely there, and believe that once Jesus comes, the darkness is already passing, and you are living into the victory of the unconquered Son. There is no darkness he cannot enlighten. There is nowhere his light cannot reach. There is nothing he cannot do.